You are listening to The Depression Session at 99.1 FM Downtown Radio. Each week, we'll have a new guest tell the story of their depression. I'm your host, Laura Milkins, and thank you for joining us on The Depression Session. Just a note for my listeners, I want to make sure you understand that this is a show about depression, and some of the content can be triggering, so please take care of yourself if something on the show brings up difficult feelings, and seek professional help if you need it. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to The Depression Session on Downtown Radio. Today, we have with us in the studio, Urban Scurry. Urban is recently semi-retired and runs an online gratitude group. We'll be right back with Urban, but first, let's talk about Hopeless. So, I'm going through some depressive stuff this past couple weeks. I don't know why. I just am. I mean, there's life reasons to be feeling those things, but I'm feeling hopeless in a couple of areas where I'm like, that's just never going to work. It's never... That's something that I just have to let go. And I find change and letting go really hard. And that hopeless feeling is so many people with depression talk about that is the feeling. It's a hopeless feeling. I think often my feeling of I don't want to do anything or go anywhere comes from like, what's the point? Some of it comes from just whatever that thing is, that graying of the world but some of it comes from, uh, what's the point? I'm feeling a lot of what's the point lately in a bunch of areas of my life. I know you all can relate to this. So I just wanted to share from um, halfofus.com uh, an article called Moving Past Hopelessness. These are just some excerpts from the article. Feeling hopeless and not sure what to do next. Some days it can be hard to even get out of bed when it feels like there's nothing we can do to make things better. But there are things we can do, little steps we can take to help ourselves or someone we know. Use your support network. A support network doesn't have to be an army of friends and family. It could just be one person who we can talk openly to about how we're feeling. It helps to reach out to that person we can be honest with when things are overwhelming. Challenging negative thoughts. A big part of depression or anxiety is those thoughts in our heads that tell us that things are bad, we are hopeless, and that it won't get better. The simple exercise of checking the thoughts and challenging them can do wonders for our state of mind. If the thought floats through your mind that things are never going to get better, remember a time when things were bad but didn't prove. This simple exercise can remind us that feelings generally do pass over time. Take care of yourself. It sounds so simple, but things like getting enough sleep and eating as healthy as possible can make a huge difference in how we feel emotionally. Lack of sleep can, in and of itself, cause problems with depression and anxiety. Also, exercising has been proven to significantly reduce symptoms of depression. Use moderation. We all know that drinking too much or abusing drugs can actually make us feel worse in the long run. Moderation is important when it comes to partying, but it's also important in other aspects of our life. If we're feeling depressed or overwhelmed, we may have to say no to certain activities or opportunities. It's more important to rest and take care of ourselves than it is to do everything. I feel like that one is directly a message for me. You don't have to do everything. Do less if you need to. So I'm, I'm struggling with the feelings of hopelessness. And I think these are all good things, the like exercising and moderation. I mean, these are things that are for everybody. These are not just for people with depression. But I think the support network and the challenging negative thoughts is a big one. Just letting them float through and then questioning things will get better. I know things will get better. I feel depressed and I, with this show, it's helped a lot of just being depressed. Just like, well, I'm depressed, just like I'm hungry or tired. Like just let it be a feeling and not judge it. So 
on that note, I hope you're all feeling that, that the hopelessness in your life will pass. Today we have with us in the studio Urban Scurry. Urban is recently semi-retired and runs an online gratitude group. Hello, Urban. Welcome to the Depression Session. Howdy. So tell us a little bit about what's going on with you or about the gratitude group. Well, first I want to talk about gratitude because I have a history of depression and it is grat- it's cyclical. So I have seasonal adjusted disorder. And so this time of year, I would generally be slipping into darkness. Well, I had gone through an extremely long period of depression. Things got better again, and all of a sudden, we were facing the winter months. Mm -hmm. And I simply refused to go through an extended period of depression. I decided that I was going to be proactive, and I was going to beat depression. How does one go about using gratitude to beat depression? I will give you my experience. I just simply, every morning I got up, I chose gratitude as the very first thing. I used to wake up every day and I have a lot of chronic health problems. So I would mentally go through this list of what is wrong with me. So what was I doing? I was mentally setting myself up for failure because I was looking for a negative for whatever reason. I didn't understand it at the time, but essentially that's what I was doing. I thought, this is rather foolish. Why don't I replace that negative with a positive? And the very first thing I will do is focus on gratitude. It's not rocket science here. <laughs> okay. If you want to be happy, you have to choose to be happy. And sometimes even that doesn't work, but at least it's setting a tone for the day. <laughs> it sets the tone and it, it gets you into a attitude of gratitude once it's done day after day. If you're willing to incorporate gratitude in your life, there's plenty of empirical studies and Harvard and the whole nine yards that show that those that have a gratitude element in their life are measurably better off. They're more positive. They're healthy. Their finances seem to approve. And it's really a matter of making that choice. And once, you know, you take that incremental step and then all of a sudden you're taking the step and, and if you do it long enough and consistently enough, it becomes a lifestyle. Is this something that you started this year or? I started around Thanksgiving last year. I had did a, a gratitude journey in 2014 and it revolutionized my life. It had helped me so much, but like many things in life, I forgot to do that which worked, and then I fell back into depression. After going through a long period of depression, coming back out, I never wanted to experience that again. Right. I actually gave up on giving up. I was that dark a place. I've been the kind of person that has the Midas touch business-wise. Anything I do has turned to gold. I couldn't do anything right. In my mm -hmm. business, I was down to one customer. And when things got happy again, I never wanted to lose happy. So I just, I started writing online on Facebook about gratitude every day. And I noticed that other people were positively responding. 
So the beginning of last year, or I'm sorry, this year, beginning of this year, I started a gratitude community. And then when that didn't quite fulfill my need, I expanded it into being a gratitude group. We now have about 2,000 members and it's worldwide. I have people that regularly contribute from Australia, New Zealand, uh, China. My job is to pursue gratitude as a lifestyle and so, to share that. So, so you have an event coming up, right? I do. And this event is called a Celebration of Life 2017. I lost my life partner in 2012, December 27th. So when two years had gone past, I had a Celebration of Life in 2014 at the Hut. And I just simply said, we're going to have a drum circle. And we're going to have a shaman open the drum circle with the sacred space ceremony. And then we're just going to let the healing happen. And I got online and I just said, I have this idea that if we all come together and we drum and we love each other and we do it around grief, that people's lives will be changed. So how do people find out about it this year? There's a, a Facebook event page for it. It's called A Celebration of Life 2017. And, and anybody can come to Anybody it? can come. Absolutely. We're there to love and to allow healing to occur. One thing I found out when I did the first event, eye-opening for me, was there are a whole lot of people that are in societies or in groups or families where they're not allowed to grieve. I think that a lot of people are told that they can't grieve. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I was amazed how many people live that. You know, that's their family existence. That's foreign to me. So it was a very eye-opening experience. And all I did is I put, I created an idea, a concept. And I said, if we all get together in love and you know these people that are suffering and we all come together, we're going to change lives. And the universe, as I understand it to be, was palpable at work that day. And the amount of love, I've never seen this. I've been a public speaker and have done seminars and done a wide variety of things in the public. This was absolutely the most powerful thing I have ever done in my life. And it mostly affected people I did not know. And that was my intention. And then something else about um, what you're talking about was just when, when you experience grief, it's not just other people that are judging it. It's often you're judging yourself. You know, I've never really had that problem, but I know other people do because I was very well aware. I didn't have a sudden death thrust upon me. I had time to prepare and I even actually wrote a business plan on how to survive Jerry's death. So I was way ahead of a whole lot of other people in that regard. And then the other thing I wanted to talk about was just, you're talking about gratitude and gratitude. There's a friend of mine at uh, Pima who does happiness studies. She's a psychologist and she teaches happiness studies. And I always have her come to my art classes because she talks about there being kind of a pie chart of happiness. Half of your ability to feel happiness is genetic. And then the other half of the pie, only 10% of it is your circumstances. But we focus about 90% of our effort into getting the better job and securing a house and getting the loan that you need and paying down your credit cards or buying the thing that you want or the hedonistic treadmill, like all of that stuff. We put a lot of energy into like just 10% of the pie. The other 40% is gratitude, 
service, acts of service. And that's what made me think of Random it. Random just... act of kindness are big in my life. And yeah. I encourage people, open that door. Get off your phone and be aware of your surroundings. And you will have an opportunity to make somebody happy today. And in making somebody else happy, you make yourself happy. Yes. And in that regard, I have been come addicted to gratitude. I set an attention most every day when I leave my house, I'm going to make a difference, a positive difference in somebody's life today. And every time I do that, it has never failed. An opportunity arises where I can be kind. I just simply need to be aware and willing to act. Yeah. And that can, that, that is one of the big things that can help with happiness is just, it, it allows you to be more grateful when you can help somebody else. So I thought even just doing your event is an act of service. Oh, absolutely. When you give somebody the opportunity and say, come here and it's a safe place and we're all going to grieve together and we're going to all heal together and we're all going to do this wonderful thing. And it actually happened. Lives were changed because we just said, we love you. Come on down. Everything's okay. That's wonderful. I think that was a good time to ask you. So, Urban, tell us the story of your depression. Well, it's cyclical, as I mentioned. It's a seasonal adjusted disorder. So when the sun goes away, so does the happy Urban go away. Or that has been my lifelong history. And the last time 2015 to 2016 it lasted way longer than it normally it lasted into june and july and then things started to happen happy came back as it always does and it was so immobilizing for me it's it's so taken over my life i never wanted to give my power back to depression i will defeat you as long as i have breath and that was my motivation and it worked. And people noticed. You know, I, I embrace happiness. I don't know how many more years I will have on this earth. And I have dedicated the time given to me to have the highest good. When I go dancing, I don't just think, well, I'm going dancing. I'm having a spiritual experience and I am relating and collecting love and sharing it with those that are around me. That's what I want to do with my life. And I'm able to do that because gratitude has become my teacher, my friend, my companion. Along the way, I really wanted to make an effort to be an enlightened human. And I'd been hearing about the Four Agreements book. So I look at the Four Agreements, and they're mostly about being good. But there was a second one that said, you can't take things personal. Well, I took everything personal. And one night I had a talk out by my swimming pool and I just said, I want to be the best possible person I can be. What's my next move? So well, you got this thing over here, you know, it called taking things personal. Until you remove that, you're going to be limited. And I said, well, how does that work? And I came to the realization that every time I took something personal, I was playing the victim role. And I thought about it and I go, Jesus. I'm not a victim. So from that point on, I had learned. I had unlocked those chains, those shackles that I put on myself. And now when tough stuff comes at me, ugliness that randomly comes into our life from society, 
I have compassion for that individual because, oh my God, what must be tormenting them to have them act out in public like just someone they don't even know? Urban, thanks so much for your story. I'll just pull out a couple of things from what you've shared today. Like, and most of us are kind of hardwired to take things personally. Yes. Because we're, if you think about it, it's a very self-centered thing to take things personally. Oh, absolutely. When so often when someone is saying or doing something unkind or irrational or challenging for you even, they're just simply living their own reality. It has absolutely nothing to do with you. Absolutely. And when you you get to that realization, you're right, that freedom. You're freed up because you're like, well... And it doesn't mean you never do anything wrong. I mean, I do things, then I realize, ooh, I should apologize for that. That hurt their feelings. Absolutely. It doesn't free you from that. But it means that that whatever they're doing is none of your business, really. Like, if they're feeling angry and, you know, want to challenge you and things like that, then you can just be like, okay. And the wonderful thing is, I seem to have acquired ability to be calm. So when I'm confronted with these loud people that are, are threatening, maybe physically threatening me, I bounce that and I become calmer and more centered until they eventually calm down and go away. That root is ingratitude. Yeah. It has fundamentally changed me as a human being. But the key here is I wanted to be changed. It wasn't just something I maybe sort of kind of like, yeah, we'll see how this works. When I dedicate myself to becoming a better person or whatever in my life, I jump in 100 or 1 million percent or however. So it was kind of in the cards that it was going to work out for me because I wasn't going to stop until it did work. You know, and there will be occasions where someone will get to me. And in those occasions... I set myself down and I asked, what's the matter with you? Why did you react the way you did? They're just a messenger. I didn't have that attitude a year and a half ago. Most of the things that I'm, I'm ascribing to gratitude were not part of my life. It wasn't that I had a bad life. I had a very good life. But now things are so different. It, I saw such a tiny slice of reality or of life. And now... It's like I step back and I can see so much more. And and when you're not taking things personal and your emotions aren't involved, it's amazing how clearly you can discern. I've even got good at fixing my car. Something that totally would freak me out and I thought I was not capable of doing, I now do. Because I shut down the messages that said you were a failure. And I refused to buy, I am a failure. I buy into, we're just going to do it. Everybody makes mistakes. Absolutely. Everybody has a learning curve. Absolutely. Everybody has to try things before they get it right. Absolutely. So everyone has moments of failure. It doesn't make them a failure. Car's a good example. Three times I've tried to fix this one problem and I had to pay somebody to do it. Problem came up again. I just walked out to the car. In no time at all, I fixed it. When, you know, because it used to freak me out. So I'm not freaked out. I just look at the situation go, oh, okay. I've been so immersed in gratitude. Every conversation I have that lasts more than a minute, I'm going to get gratitude into that. I'm going to tell my friends that gratitude has changed me fundamentally as a human being. 
but I put a lot of effort into it. It didn't just happen. I didn't just will it. I didn't just create a list. I dedicated myself that this was going to be my lifestyle. I am going to be known as Mr. Gratitude. And people started calling me that. (laughs) Well, and the cool thing is, is you were on this show two years ago. Mm -hmm. So I bet that it happened after coming on the show. And you do seem like a slightly different person to me. I went into the worst (laughs) impression I've ever been after being on your show. (laughs) I didn't didn't take my own advice. You know, one of the th- one of the other things they have in happiness study is resiliency. That being able to, because you were you were in a good moment when we were talking, and it was this time of year, mm. you know, and you were in a good moment when we were talking, and then you slipped into that place yep. almost you know? as soon as I walked out the door. <laughs> <laughs> and then here you are. There's that resiliency. Resiliency is a like the components of happiness are really basic. They're really basic things like gratitude in being in service and resiliency. I mean, you've just covered three of the major points and those happened since we last talked, which Absolutely. to me seems like a blinking of an eye, but it really was two years ago. Two years ago. And my life is incredibly different. Yeah. I have a, a freedom that I've never known. And this is a point I really would like to make is that gratitude has allowed me to be consistently happier over a long period of time, more than I've ever been happy in my entire life. I have never known so much goodness. Now, that doesn't mean I don't have problems. That doesn't mean I don't have a bad day here or two. That doesn't mean I don't flip somebody off on the road who cut me off. I'm a human. But most of the time, I'm in this gratitude kind of thing, And it almost makes me feel bulletproof. Sometimes I am so amazed. I'll go out on a Saturday or Friday and I go from one, can you top that moment to another? Can you top that moment? It, I get overwhelmed by love and goodness. And that's a wonderful problem to have. It is. It's a really wonderful problem to have. And I, I, two years ago, I was in a dark place. Yeah. But I don't want to go back. Yeah. <laughs> and and so if you are experiencing hopelessness, listen to me, because I was there. I gave up on giving up. Think about that for a minute. Yeah, I was planning suicide. I had my plan made. And I couldn't even do that. And now I'm here telling you I'm pretty happy. I'm not on drugs, and I'm living a lifestyle of gratitude. It's a beautiful thing. It's a really beautiful message. So if people wanted to come to the evening of Celebration of Life at the Hut, what night is that? That is last Saturday of the year, which would be December 30th. We're going to start at uh, 1 o'clock. When we really stress be on time or be early, Because in the previous time I did this, in the introduction ceremony, in the what we call opening of sacred space, 
we are having a spiritual dialogue with all the spirit guides. And we are asking whatever your spirit guide, whatever you call them, be it animal, spirit, Jesus, Buddha, whatever, to invite them in that we are open to have healing occur. Hmm. And wow. It's really nice to see that in, you know, since we last talked that, I mean, it's, it's horrible to think that you went to such a dark place, but it's wonderful to see that, you know, you came out of it. It fits so well with the topic today for me, which is about hopelessness. I always know that there's another side beyond hopelessness, but it doesn't, doesn't always prevent me from going to a place where I think it's sometimes just about letting go that I get to a place where certain aspects of my life seem hopeless. Like there's not a fix for that. Well, there's, it's so easy. And we turn on the TV. In fact, my roommate had just come back from an extended stay in the woods of Pennsylvania, not far from where I actually grew up, and didn't have any TV for 30 days. And he was sitting down watching the news and he was be said, I'm becoming depressed. He said, I was happy when I was out in the woods and I didn't have to deal with all this. So it is easy for life to bring us down. I've actually been proactive in my life. I eliminate on Facebook because that's where my group is and I spend a lot of time there. I turned off all the negative people. I don't want that. And I give myself the NPR news and, and I'm good with that because I saw it was ruining so many people's lives and it was my own life was being negatively impacted. News is about all this terrible stuff. I know. And when I'm trying to focus on the not terrible stuff, it just doesn't, didn't work for me in my lifestyle. And each and every one's got to make their own decisions and I'd be the last one to tell somebody what to do, but I sure will suggest try gratitude. <laughs> I guess for me, it's it's like a combination of gratitude and acceptance that there are some things in my life that will change. the The actual circumstance of right now is a, not a hopeless one. I feel hopeless about it, but it's just simply it is what it is, and let it be. Like let it be that. Like like those things will pass, and it, it could be as simple as like I my friend and I were talking about that. I set up a schedule for like I'm going to hike to a walk every morning because I have my mornings free and I don't have my evenings free. And I've frust been frustrated over not having any evenings free because I'm working at night. But then I just thought, well, what if I just got up and went for a hike? Like, Tumamak is open now. I found out from a friend. She said they're open during the day. They used to be closed. And so I get up and I go and I hike. And then somebody ran into my car. And then it's so many phone calls with insurance companies and it goes on and on and it's weeks of back and forth and you drive here and then you buy, have to buy another car and then you buy the car and then the car has a problem and then you take it to the mechanics and then you have to take it to the mechanics again and then you do this. You know, it's like suddenly like all those mornings got eaten up with that. And so like my plan to take this hike every morning, just, I just have to accept things are going to happen in life. Life, right. Life is going to deliver a Whatever wide variety. Stuff that doesn't make sense. Cars that break down. But that's the yin and yang of yeah. life. 
And, and speaking of gratitude, my attitude with the person who ran into my car, they left a note on the window. And I'm so grateful that they did. And their insurance company, company covered it, which I'm so grateful that they did. And I have a new car, which I'm so grateful to have, right? So this bad thing of somebody smashing into my car was actually all nice things along the way. And there were things that needed to happen to get you to where you are now. Right. And when we can learn mindfulness or staying in the moment and not let ourselves be overwhelmed. Now, I'm not suggesting that that's easy, but the more that we can embrace that, and for me, stuff like you were mentioning, just used to just, I get all kind of like crazy stressed out. And now it's just like, oh, that's another thing on my list that I have to take care of. And I'm not assigning it anything negative. I'm not signing in anything positive. It's just part of what I have to do in my life. I wasn't this person talking like this when I was here two years ago. Well, that is a perfect note to end the show on. Urban, thank you so much for being on the depression session. Absolutely a blessing. I'm grateful you came. Thank you. I want to mention again that if you found some of the content of today's episode triggering, please seek professional help and call 911 if you feel like hurting yourself or others. I'm not a licensed therapist, and this show and the station are not endorsing any remedies or products. The purpose of this show is to destigmatize depression through storytelling. You can find a link to mental health services on downtownradio.org on the About KTDT page. To listen to the podcast, or if you're interested in being on the show, contact us at www.thedepressionsession.com. You've been listening to The Depression Session on Downtown Radio Tucson with music by Septa Helix. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at The Depression Session Podcast. Thank you.